Christmas. Um, I hate shopping. Actually, it's not really that I hate shopping. Um, I hate shopping centres. Uh, and my kids will tell you, um, if I can't buy it secondhand or I can't buy it online, I don't buy it because uh, I just don't go shopping. Um, uh, my kids will also tell you, like, don't ask me for anything for Christmas that requires me to go to a shop to buy it for you because you're not going to get it. Uh, everything I buy uh, comes secondhand, you know, Facebook Marketplace or something like that, or online. I was doing it before it was cool. I've been shopping like this uh, for years, and I guess there's some, there's some truth to what, um, uh, to what my kids would say about me. Uh, and, and not going to the shops and shopping online um, it comes with a lot of convenience. It's really great because I can just do all my shopping from home and I don't have to go anywhere and there's no parking and there's no crowds and there's no walking through shopping centres and any of that sort of stuff. But it also comes with a cost um, because you never quite know when something's going to arrive and you never know what's going to arrive. Uh, you know, when you shop online... Um, uh, you know, sometimes you, um, you end up with uh, jocks that are way too small for you. Um, uh, sometimes you end up with uh, something that's completely the wrong colour. Um, sometimes you end up with your wife's birthday present arriving a week after her birthday. And uh, this hasn't happened to me, of course, but, you know, you end up having to write in her card, Hi, uh, love you heaps, happy birthday, presents on the way. Um, <clears throat> So it's always, when you shop online, it's always a little bit exciting when you get a box, isn't it? You know, when the courier rings the doorbell, um, it's always a bit exciting uh, to know what it is because if you buy a few things online, you never quite know what's arriving today. And uh, if you buy lots of stuff online, sometimes you actually forget what you've bought online and all of a sudden a box arrives. You think, oh, I forgot that I bought this in the first place. Um, but it's also this sort of excitement of wondering, what's the thing going to be like in the box? You know, is it, going to be, is it going to be what I hoped it was going to be? Maybe it could be better than what I hoped it was going to be. Um, uh, but of course, sometimes it's, it's just completely not what I hoped it would be. Is anyone with me? Anyone know this kind of experience shopping online? Um, you know the package is arriving sometime, um, but you don't really know when, and you don't really know what to expect once it does arrive. And, and you know, and you've got clues, you've got ideas, you've got you know, maybe a, a photo from the, the website that you bought it at. You know, there's usually a description that will tell you, you know, some key details like how big it is and what it's made from and that sort of stuff. Um, and maybe you've got an email telling you, uh, you know, that it's on the way. It's, you know, those emails that say that your thing's been shipped. It will arrive between this date and this date, you know, which can sometimes be a window of about six weeks. I think, why bother sending me the email? You know, I can kind of guess that. Um, but there's always that sense of not quite knowing. Um, and like, as I said, sometimes it's always a bit of a surprise. Sometimes it's a good surprise, sometimes it's not. And I want to suggest to you that that whole dynamic of kind of knowing something's going to happen but not being sure exactly when and not being sure exactly, you know, what it's going to be like when I write, that, that kind of thinking, I want to suggest to you that the first Christmas was actually a lot like that. Um, you see, people knew that the first Christmas was going to happen. They, they knew that a saviour would come, but they got a surprise when he came. They got a surprise when they, if you like, when they kind of opened the box, so to speak, they got a big surprise about what was inside. God had been promising a saviour to people for thousands of years. Did you know that? Did you know? I mean, the, the Bible begins um, with this beautiful story of God creating a perfect world. 
God creating an awesome, perfect world and creating people to rule that world with him in partnership. And some of you know this story. And, uh, and the first people decide that um, they've got a better idea than God. And rather than, than rule the world in partnership with God, they want to do things on their own. They want to be their own boss and make their own decisions. And so they rebel against God. And, uh, and they sort of walk away from God and they say, we want to do things our own way. And, and God gives them that opportunity. They get to do life on their own. They get to make decisions for themselves, sort of become their own gods, if you like. And let's be honest, the world goes to crap. Uh, and, and I mean, all like we know that. You don't need me to tell you that. Um, violence and hate and selfishness and greed come into the world. And you don't need me to tell you how that's working out for the world, right? You know, we all we, all, we see that stuff around us all the time. But right in that very first moment, or almost at the same point that that happens, and this whole story all happens in the first few pages of the Bible story. Right at that point, God makes a promise to people that while things have got horribly messed up, that he's going to send someone to make it right. Right from the very beginning of the story, God promises that he's going to send someone, uh, where the Bible uses is to send a saviour who will fix the mess that the world has found itself in. He promises to send someone who will deal with the lies and the hate and the selfishness. This is all stuff that the Bible often calls sin, if you've heard that word. Um, and the ancient Jews called that person the saviour of the world. Um, in, in, in the ancient Greek, it gets translated as the word Messiah. You might have heard that word. Um, it, it sort of means the same as the word Saviour or, or a, another way that it's sometimes used in the Bible. They talk about sort of the chosen one. That's another way to think about this person. And the Old Testament part of our Bible, which is about the first two thirds of the Bible, if you've got a paper one, the, the, the Bible story before Jesus arrives is full of all of these sort of uh, predictions and Easter eggs that talk about the coming of this one person, this, this saviour, this chosen one, this special person. About 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, there's a, a big book full of his writings in the Old Testament. 700 years before Jesus, he writes this. He says, the people walking in darkness, which would be us, right? Uh, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On the living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Uh, he would say, for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Isaiah's talking about the coming of this chosen one. He's talking about this saviour. But Isaiah has some more specific things to say about the coming of this chosen one. Um, he says in a, uh, another part of his writings, he says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen to this for a prediction. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. That was written 700 years before Jesus was born. Around about the same time, give or take you know, a, a generation or so, lived a guy called Micah. He's also got some writings in the Old Testament, a, a book by his name. Um, he would write this. God sort of gave him a vision and a prediction. And he would write this. He says, But you, Bethlehem, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. 
It's another prediction that, that this saviour will come from Bethlehem. Again, about 700 years before Jesus. And they're just a couple of examples. There's dozens of, uh, of little quotes, as I said, little Easter eggs like that, dotted throughout the Bible that point to the coming of this chosen one. Uh, by the way, um, you know the wise men in, in the Christmas story? That's how the wise men come into the picture. Um, the wise men were astrologers, astronomers. They were reading stuff in the stars and they saw something in the stars uh, that pointed them to one of these predictions, that sort of pointed them to one of these predictions in a way that said, it's going to happen now. That's how the wise men did to the story. Um, sometimes we have this, you know, if you've seen too many nativity scenes, sometimes we have this idea that there was a star in the sky like a torch and the wise men just got on their camels and kind of, you know, followed the star. That's not how it happened at all, right? The wise men, uh, uh, these astrologers, they read something in the star. So we don't know exactly how it happened, but they read something in the stars that linked them to one of these predictions in the Old Testament and said, you know, that star, you know this whole kind of thing in Bethlehem, it's going to happen now. And so they leapt on their camels. Actually, we don't know if they had camels, but we always imagine it that way, don't we? Uh, they leapt on their camels uh, and they legged it to Bethlehem to find the coming of the Saviour. Anyway, off track, there's just a, a little bit of uh, Christmas trivia. Um, there, there were lot, here's the point. There were lots of predictions about the birth of the Chosen One. People expected a saviour to come. In fact, more than that, people were hoping and waiting for the saviour to come. You know, people were sick of the mess that they were living in. They were sick of the hate and the lies of the war and the greed. They were desperate for this chosen one to come. They just didn't know exactly when it would happen or how it would happen. And no one expected the way that it did happen. Now, it happened in Bethlehem. And it happened through a virgin. Jesus got those ticks. But it happened in a shed that was built for animals. I mean, it would be like someone today saying, I gave birth in a chicken coop. Right? I mean, literally, this is, this is what it was. We, you know, the, our, our nativity, series, nativity pictures we see on a card make it look all, you know, sweet and glowing and warm. This was an ugly place to have a baby. No one expected that. It happened to poor parents, really poor parents. Uh, people had no standing, no influence. There was nothing special about them. People assumed that a saviour, that the chosen one, would come maybe from royalty or would come from someone important or you know, something like that. No one expected it to come from someone like Mary and Joseph. The first people to hear about the birth were shepherds. And we picture shepherds as, you know, sweet guys with a lamb over the shoulder. Shepherds were like the blue-collar workers of that day, right? When you say shepherds, uh, you know, these, these, these were not flash people. These, these were the tradies. These were the guys, you know, uh, who, who were dirty and dressed in, in, in steel-cap boots. Saying that, uh, saying that the chosen one, uh, that the first people to hear about the birth of the chosen one would be shepherds, would be like saying today... Um, maybe that uh, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan are going to have a child. They have a child and the first person they ring is their plumber. Right? You would just go, that, that doesn't happen. No one expected it to happen like that. And I guess you could say, well, so what, Matt? None of these Old Testament prediction things, I don't care about these things. They don't mean anything to me. And even if they did, I already know the real story. I already know the... Uh, you know, the virgin birth and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. I, I know all of that. But here's the thing. 
Here's the thing with the Christmas story. You can know the story and still miss the point. You know, you, you can, and, and we kind of all know the story, even if, you, even if you can't find it in the Bible. We all know the story a little bit. You know, we know the whole Mary and Joseph, and they went to Bethlehem on a donkey, and they're in a manger, and no room at the inn, and there's shepherds and there's wise men. And, you know, we see that on Christmas cards, it's in shop windows. We, we kind of get it at that level. But I want to suggest to you today that Christmas isn't really the thing. Christmas is just the announcement of the arrival of the thing. Christmas marks the arrival of the chosen one. Christmas marks the arrival of the saviour, of the one that God promised would set things right. It marks the arrival of the one that people have been waiting for and hoping for for generation after generation. Literally for thousands of years, people have been waiting for this one. And Christmas is the moment where it says, it's happened now. He's here. The one who would bring love and joy and peace back to a broken and a hurting world. Christmas is the arrival of that person. And so the point of Christmas is to celebrate the person, not the arrival. Do you see the difference? Uh, uh, celebrating Christmas is uh, uh, celebrating Christmas rather than celebrating Jesus is like celebrating the Australia Post courier at your door and forgetting about the box that he's holding. Does that make sense? Celebrating Christmas rather than Jesus is like looking at a cardboard box on the bench and going, wow, I've got a cardboard box. The point isn't the cardboard box. The point is what's inside the cardboard. Like that's what you're supposed to be excited about. No one keeps the cardboard box. No one takes a photo of the cardboard box, puts on Instagram and says, look, my box has arrived. It's about the thing that's in the box. The courier knocking on your door is only exciting because of what the courier brings. The cardboard box is only exciting because of what's in the cardboard box. And that's what Christmas is like. Tan read to us the story of Christmas, a little part of the story of Christmas, the way that Luke wrote it down. Um, he wrote that uh, a, a generation just about after uh, the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and he wrote in part these words. He said, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Um, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's a way of saying that, like, this is God announcing something. Uh, and they were terrified. Why wouldn't you be? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in, the, uh, today in the town of David, that's a, another, uh, another phrase for the town of Bethlehem. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel said, I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Christmas is about the arrival of the Messiah. It's about the arrival of the Saviour of the Lord. They're all kind of fancy sort of, you know, bible -y words to say, this is the one. This is the chosen one. This is the one that God promised since virtually the beginning of time, the one who will come to set things right. The, come, the one who will come to fix 
the mess that we've made of the world and in a sense the, the mess that we've made of our own lives, the one who will come to restore all of that, to bring us back to God and to bring us back into connection with one another. And the angel says that that is good news for all people. And I don't want you to miss that, that idea that this is good news for all people because all people means, guess what? All people. It means you, it means me, it means the shepherds who were there on the first night. Um, Jesus is good news. And here's the point I want to make. Jesus, the arrival of Jesus is good news for all people. It's good news for poor people. And it's good news for rich people. It's good news for white people. And it's good news for black people. It's good news for people who have uh, big, well-paying jobs. It's good news for people who don't have a job. It's good news for people who live in Happy Valley. It's good news for people who live in Hobart, in Hanoi, or in Haiti. It's good news for people who are straight. It's good news for people who are gay. It's good news for people who are vaxxed. It's good news for people who are unvaxxed. You get where I'm going with this. The, the, the arrival of Jesus is good news for all people. Not the nativity story. Not, 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 the, not the Christmas story. Not the stuff you see on the greeting cards. The arrival of Jesus. It's the person of Jesus that is good news for people, not the Christmas story that we've sort of made it out to be in the, that we celebrate in shop windows and on Christmas cards. And so my invitation to you at Christmas, in the busyness of Christmas and amidst all the, uh, the parties and the presents and the celebrations, all that stuff's fine, that's, that's good. But my invitation to you in the midst of that is to look at Jesus. Not at the Christmas story, but to look at Jesus. Not the baby in the manger, but the saviour of the world. Because the angel said, did you know, the angels didn't say, I mean, the angel said, a baby's been born and he will be the saviour of the world. The angel didn't come and say, a baby's been born and he's cute. Right? (laughs) That's not not the point of Christmas. The point of Christmas is to say, the saviour's been born. And so I'd invite you, maybe in a fresh way, maybe for the first time, I don't know, but to look at the Jesus who is good news for all people in all the world. I'm serious. You know, find a Bible and read the Jesus story. Not the Christmas story, the Jesus story. I mean, we, we read Luke's version of the birth of Jesus. That happens in just the first two to three chapters of Luke. Luke, there's 24 chapters in the biography Luke wrote of Jesus. Read the rest of it. Don't just read the, the Christmas story and go, that's a cute story. Read the rest of the story. Read about Jesus' life, his teaching, his ideas, the things he said, the things he did. Read about his death. Read about about his resurrection. That's a heck of a story. If you don't have a Bible, come and see us. We'll give you one. Um, There's a fantastic free app. You might have heard of this. A free app called YouVersion. Just one word, YouVersion. You can look it up. Um, you know, you can get the Bible for free. No in-app purchases, no uh, adverts. You know, it's, it's a genuine free thing that, that you can read about the life of Jesus. Um, we're going to start in this church. We're going to start from uh, next weekend, from the first weekend in January. We're going to start a new series we're calling Jesus All Grown Up. And we're going to spend a bunch of weeks just looking at the life of Jesus, looking at who this baby grew up to be, looking at the things that he said, the things that he did, the ideas that he, he kind of launched and he spread. 
we're going to look at how it is that this poor carpenter from a country town that no one had pretty much ever heard of, a guy who never owned any property, um, uh, you know, never had a, a sort of a position of power, never had any real formal uh, position, never wrote a book, uh, you know, never did a podcast, how this guy, how this guy is still being talked about 2,000 years later. How, do, how does that happen? How does this nobody guy from a poor family in a country town, how does he become, how does he become a presence who will change the world? Literally, he will split time. You know, we talk about BC and AD. How does that happen? That's what we're going to start talking about from, uh, from a week or so's time. But, but what I'm saying to you is the Christmas story is an invitation for you to get interested in Jesus. To get interested in the Jesus that is good news for all people. Not Christmas. Christmas is just the courier standing at the front door with the box. This is an invitation to take the box and to open the box and to look at who Jesus was. Because think about it, if all of these predictions that have been talked about for thousands of years, if these predictions are right, then Jesus just might be the saviour of the world. I mean, do you ever think about that? you ever think about that at Christmas? You know, what, what if what the angel said was right? What if he is the one that we've all been waiting for? Because whether you, whether you would say you're waiting for someone or not, like we all want a better world, right? You know, everyone wants a world where there's less violence and less hate and less discrimination and less selfishness. We all want there to be more love and more joy and more peace, both in our personal lives but also in the world around us. I mean, the angel said that's what this person's going to do. God's been promising someone who can bring that into the world. God's been promising someone who can beat death for you and for me. That's what the Christmas story is all about, that person. So I encourage you this Christmas and, and after this Christmas to explore Jesus. Luke wasn't the only one. Matthew and Mark and, and John, together with Luke, they all wrote uh, four separate biographies of the life of Jesus. You can pick up any one of them and, and, and read them and read how they describe this man, how they describe who Jesus grew up to be. The things he said, the things he did, the ideas he had, the death he died. And most importantly, this crazy idea of a resurrection. Because maybe the angels are right. Maybe Jesus is the one. If he's the one, then just maybe he might absolutely change your life. That's the invitation at Christmas. That's the exciting story. <coughs> Of Christmas. So, um, thanks for joining us at Christmas. Thanks for you know kind of celebrating this with us. Um, we're going to stand and sing again. Uh, uh, another song that, um, as I've said in this place before, a song that is called by many people a Christmas carol, but is a worship song. It talks about this night. It talks about this night when Jesus was born and when the world changed forever.